very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another amazing episode of GrowingDentist.com. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Don Deans, both a dentist and a coach for dentists for the last 16 years. And the reason I'm excited is he has seen it from both sides. He has, of course, taught himself and grown himself because otherwise he wouldn't have built the practice he has. Also, he has, you know, helped others. And sometimes when you help others, you see things from a different perspective. And he's done that for a long time too. So, um, Dr. Deems, welcome to Growing Dentist. Thank you for taking, you know, thank you for coming today. Sure. Thanks, Naren. Why don't we start by you telling us just, you know, in a few minutes, just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I've been a practicing dentist now about 30 years um, and a credential coach now about 16 years. So I work with dentists all across the country in a variety of ways, um, uh, whether it's uh, one-on-one coaching via telephone or in person. Uh, team retreats, or in speaking and writing. I've written a couple books. There's uh, literally hundreds of articles of mine that have been published in lots of different uh, journals all over the place. And so I do all this, um, and also through my website with uh, videos and um, and articles uh, and through the social media to try to um, provide um, provide doctors with um, some tangible things that they can actually, you know, put in their practice right away. So my interest in all this was uh, that I had um, I had been a, a young doctor and uh, had been an associate for about seven years and uh, bought the practice for my partner. And about nine months later, he committed suicide and left me really in debt to his estate for about $600,000. And uh, I um, just was struggling, struggling, struggling to try to figure out well, what do I do? You know, how do I survive all this? Which I did um, over the course of 10 years, paid it all back and, uh, you know, and then continued to move on with my life. But it was a tremendous learning experience. And so part of that learning experience for me was asking for help and I just so happened upon asking for help from uh, somebody who wasn't really a credential coach but was actually doing some coaching. Um, coaching was very new back at that time and so most people didn't know. In fact, most people today still don't know what coaching is uh, according to the most recent surveys but um, he was doing that and so I found that I had a real passion for helping people um, especially people in my own profession, kind of find their way and find happiness and fulfillment and success in, in what they do. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, I think, what eventually led us to being able to have a conversation. So there you go. Absolutely, Doctor. I love that phrase, asking for help. And, and we all kind of say it and we all kind of uh, intellectually get it, but we don't actually do it. And I, I'm I'm kind of you know guilty of this as well. Like you know, I run a marketing company and I have lots of other things going uh, on. So we have a team of 200 people. And for a long time, I thought I have to do it all. I have to carry the whole burden. Right. And 
one day I realized I don't. There are so many people who are willing to share that burden. So I don't need to get stressed about all these things going on everywhere. You know, that's exactly. not my job anymore to get stressed about everything. You know, there are different people, you know, worrying about different parts of, you know, that yeah. thing, that, <laughs> thing that I'm worrying uh-huh. about. So, and, yeah. uh, it's and the same thing, uh-huh. well, the same so, thing happens in a dental practice. Uh, you know, one of the most common things that happens is really the, the dentist gets in, way, in the way of, of his employees, his or her employees, you know, just doing their job. Uh, you know, through micromanaging them or, or you know, controlling them in some sort of way. And, and like you just said, people people want to do their job. You know, they, they want to do that. Uh, and a lot of times they don't get the training they need. Uh, they don't get the support they need. Um, and in, in coaching, a lot of times, that's that's one of the things that we look at as their leadership and, and being able to, to let go and realize that that as a dentist, they have a role you know, to play in their own, in their practice and that the rest of the people do too. And so uh, we already as dentists and as owners of our own business have, uh, you know, tremendous number of hats to wear, right? just so many. But when we can allow the people that actually work for us to contribute and to support them and to give them what they need to do their job well, uh, things work out a whole lot better. <laughs> right. So what do you think? Yeah. We can all ask for help, you know, like we have this hero mentality where we feel we have to do it all and solve it all Mm -hmm. and carry the burden and all of that stuff. What you're saying is, no, we don't. Our teams can help us and we can help them. And, you know, we can all support each other as opposed to, you know, trying to, you know, micromanage. That's a great word. I mean, the opposite of asking for help is, you know, trying to do it all. Yeah, and you know what it's what's and this is not just my opinion. This is actually validated. Uh, we in in a previous conversation, you know, I mentioned the fact about that American Dental Association survey of five thousand dentists uh, looked at if if choosing if they had the choice to choose to go into dentistry again, would they do it? And forty four percent of them said no. Well. Along the line of what you're talking about, asking for help, they also ask, well, if you were really having problems in your practice, would you ask for help? And 50% of the dentists said no. (laughs) They said, no, I wouldn't. And so, you know, it's quite interesting uh, why they don't. And um, things really have to get bad for, you know, there has to be a tremendous amount of pain, uh, so to speak, uh, for somebody to finally say, I need help. You know, and of course, as you know, because you're somebody that asks for help, asking for help is probably the smartest thing that you can ever do. Um, right. And because none of us know it all. I mean, I don't know it all. And um, there are things that I can be coached on and life is ever changing, ever growing, um, et cetera. And so we're going to be faced with challenges. And that's just that's just what life is about in many ways. Absolutely. And I want to kind of dig into what you just told me, that 44% of dentists said if they had to do it again, they would not get into dentistry, right? Mm-hmm. I want to kind of talk about the macro as to why that might be the case. And again, you know, the people you have helped, the people you have coached, of course, mm-hmm. have changed right. and evolved and, you know, probably not in that 44%. So what are some of the things you see when you go in you know, that mm-hmm. makes them say, yeah, I don't want to get, I, I, if I had to redo it, I wouldn't do it. 
And then what kind of changes, and that's kind of the conversation I want to have with you, what kind of changes happen where they are no longer in that 44%? Um, yeah, so that's a great question. So from my experience um, in answering the question about um, this group of people, this 44%, you know, that we talk about, that I mentioned, um, you know, what are the things that are common with those people? Um, well, um, there's a great dissatisfaction um, in uh, what's going on. In other words, uh, I honestly believe that dentistry is probably the hardest profession out there. Um, we have to be on stage and focused, you know, eight hours a day for, for not just one day a week like a professional athlete. Um, who may only be on stage for four days a week, uh, four hours at a time. Uh, we have to do this day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. And so unless we have some sort of, of strength to draw from um, and somebody that can, can work with us and help us look at things and, and really navigate the myriad of things that, that occur, you know, throughout our career and our personal life, um, you know, there's there gets to be this huge dissatisfaction. So clients have come to me at various times saying, you know, all I want to do is go into work with a bag over my head. You know, they they just they're just so worn out and and burned out really from the whole thing. Um, others said, you know, all I want to do is go home and drink a couple glasses of wine lay on the couch, watch TV, and fall asleep, and then get up the courage the next day to go to work. And that's really sad, you know, because dentistry is a great profession. But um, I can think we, can that... Pause, can we just yeah. pause that statement for a minute? And I want to kind of, um, kind of help our listeners understand why people say those things. In other words, I want to kind of describe, I want you to describe... The reasons why they're in that state of, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, like you said, come home, get drunk, sleep, and then go back and do the same thing again. Mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. tired, so you know, stressed out. Come home, well, get I, sleep, and yeah, yeah. Well, I, I see it primarily as um, frustration. Um, huh. This starts with uh, um, not knowing what to do, uh, being challenged in ways that they have never been challenged before. Uh, maybe they are, uh, maybe they are uh, named in a lawsuit, and they're beginning to question, well, what am I doing? How am I doing this? Um, I think it also comes from um, uh, a lot of the, the the journals and continuing education courses that people go to over time, you know, it's like, do it my way, do it my way. And they see all these wonderful things and they begin comparing themselves to other people, which doesn't really help their self-esteem. So there's this downward trend of self-esteem. The other thing that, that leads to all this, in my experience, is that um, because running a practice in business is very difficult, uh, I see that 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 they don't do the things that they need to do to take care of themselves. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when they first started practice, they were young. It, it, it's just like when all of us are young and looking at that we have our whole life ahead of us. 
and it's exciting and it's fun and and and, and there's this wonder about um, you know what's going to happen next and you know what are the possibilities right and so what happens though is that life starts out and it's pretty simple in practice and then eventually if there's uh, if they're not already married they're you know children that can come along and all of a sudden life begins getting a lot more complicated um, so there usually are multiple underlying things going on, and it could be um, it could be their marriage is struggling. It could be that they're struggling uh, to have enough time to spend with the kids. Maybe they're feeling guilt about that. Um, the other thing that enters into a lot of this is having to take care of maybe parents now. You know, elder care. Um, that's something, you know, as people are living longer, uh, maybe not necessarily better, but at least longer, uh, they are being, you know, called upon uh, by, um, you know, their children to take care of, you know, the, the parents. And so many dentists are pulled that way also. Uh, and then, of course, they're dealing with their own team members who have these challenges uh, too. And it just gets to be very overwhelming. So there's this level of overwhelm that enters into them too, and and so it it these these factors um, just you know really play into that um, that that whole dissatisfaction piece, and so um, you know getting the courage to to go out there and ask for help is a difficult thing. It's it's very difficult for for people to do for the most part, especially when as as dentists or physicians, we are trained to know the answer, right? And so if we're supposed to know the answer, then why are we asking the questions, right? And so that's a real critical juncture in a person's life as well as their career is to say, you know, maybe I should start asking more questions rather than trying to give out the answers. And right. so when we move over from knowing into questioning, it becomes a completely different uh, ball game at that point. And by the way, a very rewarding one. Um, you know, we move out of being in the fix-it mode, uh, so to speak, into the 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 unknown mode, the questioning mode. Um, it's often been said that, you know, a, a really a really important turning point in life is when we get comfortable with not knowing what's around the corner. Okay. We don't we don't know what's around the corner, but yet we're okay with whatever that's going to be. And so there's this uh, there's this quiet sense of, of self-confidence that a person can develop when they leave their old way of doing things which aren't working anymore and um, and have grown into a new way, okay, into a new way of being. And so it's only through a, a new way of being that a person can experience, you know, fulfilling life, a fulfilling practice, et cetera. Otherwise, what I see is struggle, 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 you know, and doing the same things over and over again, like we've all heard, is insanity, right? Like right. we're going to do the same thing and expect a different result? No way. You know, it's just not going to happen. 
Absolutely. I'm going to pass a lot of what you just told me. I've been taking notes, and I, I'm going to go one by one. <clears throat> one sure. thing you mentioned is, um, you know, this idea that, um, you know, the, the, I mean, dentists, um, not just dentists, but a lot of people who become doctors, you know, they learn a lot, right? They go to so many years of school and, you know, they're taught all kinds of things. And then even after they graduate, they're told you have to get so much, you know, C credits and they go to these mm-hmm. classes and they learn and they learn and they learn. And every mm-hmm. guy who has something to sell will teach them something different, something new, right? Oh, learn it my way or buy my product, yeah, right? Yeah, right, and they get right. All, all this, you know, all of this device and that product and this thing and that thing. You know, I work with, 140 dentists closely in my marketing business, and I see that. And instead right. of them, you know, in, instead of the dog wagging the tail, the tail is now wagging the dog. And they're yes. just jumping from <laughs> this to the other, to the other, to the other, to, you know, like this, you know, this thing and that thing. And they're so caught up in, you know, the details, you know, in terms of what is the latest and the greatest and the newest thing. And uh-huh. and that's something you're absolutely right. I mean, if you are so busy going around in circles and running, 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 you don't have time to question. You don't have time to think, right? Right, right. And, and that's something that people have to break. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, have you seen people successfully break that cycle? And, and kind of how oh, does sure. it happen? Oh, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. So, you know, what I see typically uh, is this, and by the way, it, it's funny that you mentioned about the tail wagging the dog. That's actually a name of a workshop I used to do called the tail wagging the dog. And, you know, it was it was an all-day program about how to regain control of your practice and your life. So I don't think we have, you know, eight hours to sit down and talk about that. But um, anyway, that's just kind of an interesting side note. So, you know, your question of, well, essentially, how do people get out of that into this other way of being, right? That's that's right. what you're asking me. So how do, how do they end up doing that? Well, here's been my experience is that that people will only typically change when there's pain, okay? So we find that uh, as dentists, we find that true of our patients is that uh, patients will come in when they're hurting, right? And they may, um, you know, come in for their regular checkup and exams. Uh, they may complete all recommended treatment at that point, but eventually they they tend to drop off. And of course, we're seeing um, an, a trend the past several years in the number of um, U.S. Uh, adult Americans not going to the dentist on a regular basis. Now that's been this upward trend for now for several years. And so they um, they don't go until something hurts again. And right. by the time it hurts, it's going to be pretty big and, and ugly, and it's going to be a problem. And so they don't really buy into the this this notion of that they can create a different future for themselves dentally, okay? So what you and I are talking about then, and that's just an analogy I'm using, what you and I are talking about is, well, what about the dentist, you know, and, and what do they experience? Well, they they have to get to a point where there's some sort of pain, all right? And that pain can be some of the things I mentioned before, frustration, anxiety, um, you know, it could be other things like a lot of employee turnover. It could be a practice like, like that's said, under, a lot under of producing. Times it could be 
Yeah, like family issues because they didn't give enough time to the exactly. family or the kids. It could be family issues. It could be so many things. So usually by the time that, that I talk to somebody, they're pretty frustrated. And they they want somebody to help them get out of pain. All right? right. So me helping them get out of pain, that has limited benefit. All right? And so much like a dentist can get a patient out of pain, as a coach, I can help people get out of pain. Right. But that's not the real value of this. The real value of having, uh, for example, your own coach uh, to work with you. Uh, and I'm not promoting me. I'm saying any coach. Um, having the value of somebody that can be, you know, your your silent partner, somebody who can be objective with you, somebody that can hold you accountable, somebody that can really um, delve deeply with you into a lot of these uh, things that you know you may be experiencing is truly invaluable. In fact, if if we look at all professions, um, those people who perform at their peak, they usually have a coach. They have somebody that helps them all the time be at their very highest. So it starts out by getting out of pain. And then there's a critical point at which the person decides, okay, I'm either, I'm out of pain, I'm happy, okay, thank you, see you later, bye, like a patient would do in our dental practice, or they see that, you know, I'm kind of understanding that life can be different. So I'll give you an example just to make your point. Yeah. Um, my gums used to bleed, right? And yes, I could have gone to the, you know, dentist and, you know, the hygienist would clean my gums and, you know, fine. And I go home and then I don't go back to the dentist and then, you know, I don't brush my teeth properly. And then two years later, I'm back, coming back because my gums are bleeding. Or right. I go there and, um, you know, the dentist educates me on, you know, what's going on and why this is a big deal. And, you know, I have you know, like the link between this and heart disease and, you know, right. diabetes and all that stuff. And now she really makes me realize, you know, this is not a joke, right? And then she teaches me, um, you know, how to brush my teeth properly and, you know, the fact that I need to come back for these cleanings and put me on a plan and, you know, set up those routines. And, you know what, now I don't have gum disease. But mm-hmm. it didn't happen by me trying to get that, oh, yeah, you know, just get rid of my gum disease you know, right now and then back to square one and then all over again, everything repeats itself, right? That was a fundamental transformation that happened. It happened mm-hmm. because, you know, she was able to educate me on the connection between, you know, um, this and, you know, diabetes and heart disease, which I have in my family. So, you know, I, I got it. I understood why this is a big deal. Oh, yeah, no big deal, you know, like, but, but once you understand it, then you change. So I, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, Again, unfortunately, we are humans first before we are dentists or whoever else we are. So as humans, we don't do anything till there is real pain, right, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, in dental profession, that's even more prevalent because 50% of them don't want to even ask for help because they're told they're supposed to be the experts. So how can you ask for help? How dare Mm -hmm. you, right? Because, you know, you're supposed to know it all. So and so they suffer with this pain and suffer with this pain and then eventually it gets to an exploding point, you know, personal life, you know, marriage, kids, you name it, health, mm-hmm. or or in, in the business life, employee turnover, you know, unhappy right. patients, you know, negative reviews and all of those, you know, bad stuff. 
mm-hmm. then um, <clears throat> they come to you and, and you hopefully shift their thinking to say, hey, you know, like that, you know, hygienist slash dentist shifted my thinking as to, you know, hey, that is a better way. That is a way for you to, you know, get a hold of this and con- take control. And um, it's interesting. <laughs> and let me ask you yeah. this. Um, so it's really the, I mean, going back to the underlying point that you're making, which is um, <clears throat> a lot of this has to do with, you know, mindsets and the way you think, right? Um, for mm-hmm. example, you know, you, 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 you hit it right on the head. You said something else that I picked up on. You said um, not planning for the future. We all think we're going to be 25 till we are, you know, forever, right? So we think we can work 10 hours or 12 hours and, you know, our back is not going to hurt and, you know, all that stuff. We don't plan for the future. We don't realize that, hey, I'm going to be 40 one day or I'm going to be 30 one day and I'm going to have a baby and that baby is going to grow up and I need to spend time with my child and, you know, all of those things, right? Or nor do they right. think, oh, you know what? My back is going to hurt. I cannot keep the space up. So how do I start building a team so I don't have to be the one who does it, does it all and, you know, carries mm-hmm. all the burden, right? Right. And Exactly. And um, yeah, and, you, and then you on top, got it. right. And then on top of that, I go to these conferences, and every time I hear something new, and I'm trying this treadmill, and oh no, that treadmill doesn't work. Let me try the other one. Oh no, that doesn't work. Let me try this one. And I'm always in a new treadmill. And you know what? I'm not healthier just because I'm changing treadmills, and I'm That's going right. round and round. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I, and you know, I see that all the time. Dennis just constantly going to. Um, all of these different programs, uh, maybe purchasing, you know, technology, which may be wonderful, thinking that that's going to cure their their ills, and it doesn't. It just makes life more complicated, um, and it brings on a whole other set of issues, which, you know, many times the, the team can't deal with, and they've got to figure out a way, well, how do I make my investment actually work, uh, et cetera. And um, it, it's, it's this really vicious cycle. Um, that is propagated, uh, especially what I see in the dental profession. Um, you know, uh, most dentists have enough skills and training to provide over 90% of what their clients, their patients are going to need. You know, they 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 don't need to go to all of this extra stuff. Now, you know. Uh, of course, the the state dental boards are uh, requiring um, ongoing continuing education, which I think is a good thing. But I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is is going to try to learn um, new techniques or purchase equipment or whatnot that um, people feel that oh well this will solve my ills, and it's not because the questions are really much much deeper. Exactly, and and unfortunately, again, the tail wags the dog, right? Because these associations need money to function, so they bring in sponsors, and sponsors pay for the courses, and they want uh, to sell their product, you know. Absolutely. Now, there's always, you know, some ulterior motive, motive that drawing that talk. It's not what's good for the dentist; it's what's good for the guy who's paying the bills to host the event, right? Right. And unfortunately. Right they get caught up in the middle and they're just, you know, running from here to there and there to here and, you know, back and forth. And Right. Yeah, it's not very, uh, you know, it's not popular to say, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a problem saying it. I, 
I have gotten, you know, many times, for example, offers to write for um, a particular journal or something, but uh, there's always a caveat. They want me to, you know, buy this really expensive ad, and I just refuse to do it. And um, because that's not the point. Um, you know, if they're really trying to help, you know, that's one thing. But it, it you know, it's a very frustrating thing to uh, for dentists to, you know, see a, a journal and there's an article by somebody, and then on the other page is a full page, you know, ad for whatever, you know, whatever uh, snake oil they're pushing. And right. it's frustrating, you know, and, and and people getting caught up in that is, is terrible. You know, I think, you know, dentists need to realize that, well, you know, companies, w what they're set out to do is to develop new products. You know, that's what they do. And right. just because they develop a new product doesn't mean that you need to go out and buy that, you know. Right. Um, and so, um, again, I go back to saying that you don't have to have every piece of fancy equipment to provide good, solid, basic dentistry to, you know, for what 90% of your clients will need. And I found that many dentists uh, that I've talked to will, you know, maybe spend a year or longer uh, going for some advanced training. And then I say, well, so have you actually been able to use that on anybody in your practice? And they're like, no, I'm kind of still waiting for that first person. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so, uh, you know, was that a good investment, you know? And, um, and of course, they're like, gosh, I know. But, um, right. but, but the dental profession seems to promote that over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, that's not the way to find fulfillment and happiness in what you do. It's exactly. just not. Absolutely. I've talked to many doctors and they'll say, oh, I have, you know, half a million dollar loan and, you know, a million dollar loan. And if you really analyze it, it's all self-inflicted wounds. It's, yeah. you know, 100,000 on this uh -huh. coast and, you know, 200,000 on that machine. And, you know, like it just goes on and yeah. on and building and, you know, this new practice and, you know, like, and then you're working for the banker. You're not working for oh, yourself. Oh, yeah, sure. For your happiness. Yeah, yeah. You're working for the banker. You're working yeah. for whoever, you know, leased the equipment or you bought the equipment from and you feel pressured that, well, you know, I better, you know, use this piece of equipment. So I'm going to, you know, I think poor decision can be, uh, poor decisions can be made to, you know, do things um, with this technology that um, really is uh, very aggressive um, and, um, can easily backfire because of lack of experience, um, and you know it's it's not a good thing in dentistry. I in in my own dental practice, I see a lot of clients who come to me and uh, they're uh, wanting uh, basically a second opinion, right? And what I see is um, you know over uh, treatment planning, very aggressive. Uh, type stuff when that wasn't at all what the person wanted, you know, but yet they, they, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, that particular dentist is feeling really pressured to, um, to sell, you know, sell dentistry, so to speak. And, you know, who knows, because I don't know what's going on in their life. It could be that they have, a, you know, all this equipment that they have loans. Maybe they just want more money thinking that money is what's going to make them happier, you see. And right. it, it's not, it's, you know, and I go back to something I said a, a very long time ago, um, the, the, the path to 
um, finding fulfillment and happiness starts with personal growth, and that is um, not what most people think it is, and it is ultimately developing through personal growth this sense of quiet self-confidence that everything is going to be okay, I can handle whatever's going to come up, and I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing, and when things change, I'll be able to handle it. And so as a coach, I know that I've done my job when a client gets to that point because they no longer, they don't really need me anymore. However, many of them end up talking to me, say, once a month, just to touch base because they like to get, you know, grounded and, and bounce ideas off of and stuff like that. So the personal growth piece is just what's really important. I love what you said, right? A lot of people want somebody else to fix it without, I mean, you can't fix, you know, you can't fix a human being. You know, the human being has to, you know, grow himself, right? And and I think, you know, like you can pay somebody $100,000 and they'll tell you what to do and that's not going to solve your problem because if you haven't grown, if you haven't, like, I mean, like in my case that come to this thing, if I haven't changed, if I haven't grown, I, I you know I don't care how many doctors you have, I don't care how much money you spend, I still will have the same issue, right? Mm-hmm. And right. I think, and I think, you know, um, like I guess it's your mindset, right? I mean, just having a diploma. Everybody has a diploma. Doesn't mean anything. Some people grow a yeah. lot and they don't have a diploma. I mean, Steve Jobs, you know, didn't even finish college, and you know what? He doesn't have a diploma, but. You know, hey, he grew grew a lot and he changed the world. You know, so mm-hmm. a lot of people misunderstand. You know that that machine or that course or whatever. As oh, that's going to solve all my problems. I paid hundred thousand for this course, and oh yeah, my problems are going to be gone. No, you have to grow up. You have to change. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I love what you said before, which is you know, stop giving answers. Start asking questions. The only way mm-hmm. you change is by asking questions. You cannot change by giving answers. Yeah, exactly. Give us examples of questions, you know, how people can actually do that. Yeah, I I think the first step is, um, um, first of all, you know, saying, you know, I don't like the way that things are. I want things to be different. Okay, that's that's really a person's got to want that. Um, If they don't, there's really no help um, for that person. Really, so then we get into this this thing about personal growth, and and I think there's a huge misunderstanding about what personal growth truly is. Um, I think uh, my experience is when I ask people, you know, what is personal growth? They they think it's some type of process that's going to you know make them a better person. Uh, they think that um, maybe it's it's this journey or destination that they're going to that you know when they get there that um, they're going to be happy, you know, that all their desires and needs and everything will finally come into place, right? This delayed gratification or something. So, you know, I think, well, maybe I, if I just, you know, climb this personal growth ladder that I'm going to be happy. And so the deal is, is that, you know, personal growth isn't that any of that at all. Um, and it, it doesn't require you know, growth on any part of you, whether that's, you know, something physical or spiritual or emotional or mentally, intellectually. Um, So, and and like you said, um, you know, it doesn't require a degree or a certificate or, you know, certain courses or whatever. That's 
that's not what personal growth is about. So, you know, if we look at really what is personal growth about, it's it's not about becoming better. Um, it's about recognizing uh, who we are at this point in time and then letting go of everything and everyone that, you know, you're identifying yourself as um, part of the person that, you know, you call me or yourself. You know, so that's that's a really important uh, point. It's it's letting go of things, and so that concept of letting go of things is a a, a crucial concept. Um, you know, we've danced with it a little bit already. We're talking about uh, letting go of certain things that aren't working. You know, because doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. You know, it's it's letting go of things that aren't working, for example, and so. Um, there, there's, there's so many ways that this happens. Now, you know, um, everybody has a story, um, whether it's, um, you know, um, about how they got to where they are. Okay. And we can actually create a different story for who we want to be what our practice wants to be, what we want our life to be, what we want our relationships to be, you know, like. And so to do that, um, you've got to come to the, the realization um, of, of who you are. And who you are is not your name, it's not your appearance, it's not your degrees, it's not your possessions, it's not really anything. You know, personal growth happens to be about really waking up to who you've always been and who you will always be. Um, and so I think that that over time, uh, most people have become convinced that that they are defined by and really dependent upon um, upon all things that are physical around them, you know, people and possessions and experiences and events and situations. So if we're doing that, then it's about diminishing uh, who we think that we are and start becoming uh, consciously aware of our essential uh, ever-changing nature. Okay, so... I just uh, pass that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so what you're saying is the labels, right? The title, the dentist, the house, the, mm -hmm. the car, the, you know, the course, the certificate. That's not who we are, right? That's who right. we are is much more deeper than that. You know, what brings us joy? What do we want, you know, on our deathbed for people to say, or not deathbed, after you are dead, people to say about you, right? And right. really going deep and figuring out those answers. You know, what kind of a relationship do you want to have with your child? What kind of a yeah. relationship do you want with your team? What do you want your patients to say about you? Right, and yeah. that's not going to come from that certificate or that course or that machine. No, right, that's right. It's not going to come from, you know, how big your bank loan is, so what kind of a car you live in. I mean, car you have. It's going to come from you discovering yourself. You discovering, you know, who you are and what you want. I mean, not yes. the peripheral, you know, the fancy stuff to impress the neighbor, but really the deep stuff that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. People, I mean, you, know, you you nailed it. You nailed that. Um, the, and, and the difference is, is exactly that between those, those people who, um, do find 
the um, the fulfillment and the peace in their life it, are those people that are willing to look deeply inside. It's just it's just there isn't anything simpler than that. Um, dentists who I've talked to maybe in their 60s, 70s, and even 80s. Uh, when I asked them, you know, so what did you consider a pivotal point in your practice or your life? And they said, you know, when I decided it was time to look deeply inward and figure out who who was I, you see, who was I at my essence? So you really nailed it there. And so that's what's got to happen. And so, you know, how? so the question is, you know, for many people is, well, how do I do that? You know, I, I Nobody's ever told me that, taught me that, you know, what do I do? And so um, the thing is that uh, I would say that there's a couple things that people can do when they are ready to uh, to look inward um, in various uh, uh, books and uh, retreats and other ways um, of growing. Uh, one of the things that they often call this is a, a hero's journey, for example. Um, it's that willingness to look deeply inside. So, you know, how do you go about doing that? Well, I mean, there's, I really have a couple tips that can get a person started with that. Because I would like any listeners today to, to, you know, if they're interested in, in really uh, embracing uh, some of this in, in beginning to take a look inward, you know, how do you go about even starting to do it? Um, you know, I, I would start by saying, you know, question every self-limiting belief that you have about yourself. And we all have those, you know, I'm, it's like, you know, I'm not smart enough or I'm not handsome enough or I don't, you know, um, um, I don't have the capability to do, you know, that kind of dentistry or whatever. So examine what are all these beliefs that we have and write them down. You know, uh, it's not real until, you know, you actually can admit it. Um, otherwise, it's just, uh, you know, um, all this stuff that's flying around in our head all the time. And so if those beliefs that we have about ourselves uh, aren't um absolutely true then you know let them go so examine what you know again examine what these self-limiting beliefs are uh, the second element that i would say would be to um you know write a new story for the way that you want to be in your life quit thinking about the way things have been that it's just going to continue to be the same because you can change it but you've got to have you've got to have some sort of idea um of what your story is going to be and then you know um write it write that story down because if you keep telling yourself the same old story it's going to continue to happen right it's going to manifest itself just like you're like you want it to be so the same thing goes true for a new story right whatever new story we want when when we tell ourselves that it can be this way it can be this way it is it truly is that simple you see? Um, so, yeah. Um, another particular tip I would give is, um, you know, don't be a victim. You know, uh, uh, and 
you know, whether it's of life or, you know, circumstances about dentistry or practice or patients, you know, um, we all know that, you know, what a victim is. Uh, a victim is just somebody who is, uh, you know, given up uh, the responsibility for their life and they blame other people, right, for other things. So we have to learn how to not be a victim of, um, you know, other people's ideas and beliefs and behaviors, et cetera. You know, um, uh, a lot of the stuff, for example, just as a simple example, a lot of the stuff that that dentists see in journals and news magazines or whatnot um, are, are very, um, can be very detrimental uh, to um, a person's um, story that they want um, and make them feel like, uh, you know, uh, well, this person is right and, and so, you know, I'm not. So I would say, you know, take responsibility for your own life and focus on, you know, the ideas and beliefs and, and the way that you are and focus on being a kinder, more gentle and loving person, you know. Uh, when right. clients of mine begin to do that, they, they just come back so excited. They're like, wow, you know, when I connect with people, it is so wonderful. It is so wonderful because life is a lot about relationship. And right. successful practices are about great relationships. It's just that simple, you know. Right. Um, Dr. Deems, I and would I love mentioned, to talk to you. Sorry. Yeah. I, I would love to, you know, maybe do a part two at some point. Uh, but I sure, do need to sure. wrap up. <laughs> but yeah. uh, two things yeah. I want to ask before I wrap up. Um, yeah. You know, one way I think they inst instead of looking in words and writing these two things down, I think it's nice to talk to somebody because a lot of times mm -hmm. when you're on your own, you're not sure if you're crazy or if you are, you know, making sense. But when you talk to somebody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like especially somebody who has been through that, you know, like somebody who has gone through that pain. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that, doctor? Oh, well, um, they can call me. Uh, my phone number um, is 501-413-1101. They can uh, go to my website, which is my name, drdondeems.com. Uh, they can send me an email through that website um, and um, get in touch with me that way. Um, I respond um, quickly. Uh, generally speaking, unless um, I'm doing some backpacking or something in the woods, but um, uh, you know, it's it's email or phone call is really the simplest and best way to do that. And uh, yeah, so thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. So I have your email as Dr. Deems at drdondeems.com, and then Correct. the website mm -hmm. is drdondeems.com. Right. And your phone number is five zero one. Four one three one one zero one. Is that correct? Right. And they can also just do a Google search for uh, the dentist coach. Um, that's a, a registered trademark of mine that I've had for quite a while. And right. they can also look for me that way. Absolutely. And I think what makes you different or unique is you have been through the journey. You're not just preaching because you're a smart guy. You have kind of preaching because you went through a lot yeah. of pain. You know, yeah, not even yeah, I've been through. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've, my life unfortunately has been characterized by um, a lot of uh, tremendous ups and downs. And so, as a coach, I, 
you know, I, I'm not really preaching uh, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm asking some questions to help a person, right. you know, gain that greater awareness and have a better life and practice. Right. Right. I really enjoyed this conversation, Dr. Deems, and I really Thank appreciate you. you taking the time. Yeah. Well, I'd be and, happy uh, to do another time with you. Just let me know. Absolutely, Doctor. I think we can really go deep in some of these points you're making because, you know, you have 16 years of experience, so I'm sure there's all kinds of nuggets I can pull out of you. And <laughs> so, yeah, we could awesome. do this for days. <laughs> I know. We could do it for days. Well, thank you again for having me, and uh, uh, best wishes to you, too. Thank you, Doctor. Have a wonderful, um, you know, um, weekend. And I know it's a Friday, and uh, yep. I think it's a long weekend. So have a wonderful weekend. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to another amazing episode of Growing Dentist. Today, your guest is Dr. Den- uh, Dr. Deems, uh, who's uh, a coach for dentists. Thank you. <laughs>